Welcome to Drunk Watching, our weekly pop culture podcast where we sip on a little something and talk about the films and TV shows we're watching right now. I'm Brittany Danielle, a writer and pop culture junkie. And I'm Andrea Renee, a lover of pop culture and Brittany's perennial plus one. Today, we are here to talk about Insecure, season three, episode three, Backwards Like. But before we get into that, today's episode of Drunk Watching is brought to you by the House of 334, a creative services firm that specializes in creating beautiful brands for badass entrepreneurs. If you have any social media, copy, or design needs, holler at the ladies of the house on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at House of 334 or online at houseof334.com. Additionally, if you would like to sponsor Drunk Watching or send us any sort of feedback, slide into our inbox at hellodrunkwatching at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at drunkwatching. Uh, Also, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We are on every major podcasting form from SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, 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 Stitcher, and iTunes. Please take a minute to hit subscribe and leave us a review, an honest but good (laughs) review. Um, (laughs) Before we get into our insecure coverage, though, we always got to talk about what's in our cup. Andrea, what is in your cup this week? Yes. So I am tracking these good carbs on the keto diet. So I am leaning heavily into the hard liquor <laughs> just to save my little carbs. And today I am uh, sipping Hendrix gin on the rocks with a little lime and uh Okay. Uh, Welcome to the dark side of the hard liquor. (laughs) Um, I have not gotten into gin, so maybe that's, I always see it and I'm, you know, I don't partake. I don't know what exactly it tastes like, but I'm sure I would drink it um, if I ever bought it. So I'm going to have to They say gin will make you thin or something like that. I don't know. Guess we'll find out. Oh, (laughs) so yes, yes, we will. Um, (laughs) In my cup, since I just came back from out of town, I have pretty much the same thing I had in my cup the last time before I left out of town, which is vodka and Diet Pepsi. I think last time I had, uh, no, I think I had the same thing. So, yeah, I'm keeping it real basic um, because that's what I had in my refrigerator and uh, vodka, Diet Pepsi. Shout out if you are a vodka brand, if you are a, I don't, let's see, Smirnoff, The Rock, uh, Kettle One, Tito's, Ethan, uh, Grey Goose, whoever you are. If you make vodka or gin, apparently, <laughs> be sure to hit us at hellodrunkwatching at gmail.com. Send us a bottle and a check. All right. Well, what are we I am drinking right gin. Now? I'll just. Let me just say, I'm drinking gin because it is the only hard liquor that I have. I wasn't prepared for having to strip my, uh, you know, my usual type drink. But shout out to the boo who left uh, a bottle here. And so that's how I ended up here. I'm I'm not usually a gin drinker either, but hey, we'll get it. We'll get it popping for today. Mm -hmm. So what are we Um, watching right now? 
wait a minute, just before oh, we sorry. make that hard transition. Um, since mm-hmm. you are doing keto, I've discovered in my keto journey <laughs> that I previously was on, um, that there are some, you know, some wines, maybe if you get further in, like maybe a month and you kind of want something different than the hard liquor, uh, those menage a trois wines, the red blends, they only have like three or four carbs per glass. So, I mean, mm. you know, it's still low, it's, my pen. it's still low carbs. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. There, that's a good that's a good wine to to roll with if you are keeping it keto or low carb and you want a low carb alternative to your wine. Shout out to the Menage a Trois Red Bent Blend. Don't get anything sweet because that just sugar and carbs. But dry red wines and some um, some proseccos actually have like very 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 low carbs. So shout out to that. Okay, Menage a Trois wines. You, you heard you got the shout out. Send me a bottle. I know. And a check. And a check. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, what are we watching this week? So I came off of a, a week-long road trip um, across Utah, <laughs> across the Southwest. Well, I don't even know if that's the Southwest. Um, across right. Utah. Uh, I dipped into Arizona, Nevada, and Colorado. I didn't realize I'd be driving through those states. For some reason, I just thought I would drive from uh, L.A. To Nevada. I knew I had to go through Nevada for parts of my epic 2,000 mile journey that I drove. <laughs> that I drove. So I didn't really get to watch a lot of TV um, until I came back last night. So I caught up on Insecure, obviously, because that's why we're here. And right before we start recording, um, I started to watch apparently last week's episode, episode five of Love and Hip Hop. Um, but what have you been up to this week, Andrea? What have you been watching? Wow. Well, loving hip hop. I, I am caught up. And also basketball wise, those were the two shows that I watched. And, you know, yesterday I tweeted it actually. Basketball wise can just wrap it up. Like the stories are tired. The people are tired and the viewers were, we're tired. So <laughs> let's just wrap this like up in a nice little cute yeah not that they're too old to have a life but they're too old for the current drama I happened to see like an episode or two a couple weeks ago and it just seems so petty and I would hope that by the time I get to be you know 40 45 50 um however old they are like I would not be (laughs) engaging in the same petty drama that they seem to be stuck in right now Mm -hmm. um and none of them are basketball wives. Like, none of them. This is like, what is, Evelyn is like a baseball girlfriend. No, no she's <laughs> not even. She's a baseball baby mama because oh. he was like, nah and nah. And yeah, watching yesterday's episode, I was like, oh, I can see why. What happened to living Lazada and fix my life? Like, you were the premiere episode of Iyanla Fix My Life. And we thought, honestly, like, helped you. And, like, I mean, she's not as quick to put her hands on people, I guess, anymore, but she still has a whole lot of internal stuff that she needs to work on. Like, like you said, they're just too old for that. And now they brought in new characters, younger characters in some cases. And so, 
you know, it's the same, it's the same thing from people that we don't care about. One is technically, well, she's a basketball girlfriend trying to become a wife, but he plays overseas. So we don't know him. Uh, one is Byron Scott's girlfriend that he left his wife of 30 some odd years. Yeah. I was looking at that because I happened to see, I was like, this lady ain't, first of all, yeah. she ain't black, which I thought Byron Scott, <laughs> his wife was black. And so I went oh, to she was. And yeah, she was black. And then he ditched her for for this other woman who seems, you know, she seems nice, but like what happened to his long-term wife? He just hit the restart button. Yeah. And that annoys me about Byron Scott because I'm a Laker fan. So I'm disappointed in you, Byron. I'm disappointed. And then the last new girl is Byron Scott's son's wife, who is a coach. So she's not, I guess she's basketball wife adjacent. So she's a wife, but her husband <laughs> doesn't play basketball. He coaches basketball. So those are the new people. And it's, it's I mean, who cares? Like, that's, <laughs> sorry, we don't care about you. So they have, you know, started their own drama. Now, technically, the mother-in-law and the daughter-in-law, or the, you know, I guess <laughs> she would be her mother-in-law if she ever married Byron Scott. Like now they have these. Like really? In your family? Because of TV? Yeah. She's friends. I, with, I saw like she's friends with with, with uh, Jennifer or something and nobody right. likes Jennifer. Um, it's a wrap. So let's move on from that. Pretty much. So Love and Hip Hop, I mean, of course, we have seen that drama. And so since you haven't seen this week's episode, like the bottom line is, Rockstar is trash. Uh, you know, he's trying to use his former working relationship with Lyrica to kind of, you know, slide in. But he seemed a little too comfortable and familiar. Like, okay, they are having marital issues, but they are still married. And so, like, respect that dude and, like, back up. But he's, like, grimy. I don't, I just don't. I don't like him. I don't know who he really is. Apparently, he's somebody, but I, I don't like him. He's trash to me. Yeah, he just seems really, really messy. Um, from based on episode five, like he inserts himself into Lyrica in her to her, you know, argument. Well, first of all, that whole <sighs> they're just a complete mess all the way around. Like Lyrica is or apparently mess with Safari and, or whatever, who knows? Um, A1 confronted her about it. She dodged the issue. And now she's mad at him. Like he's been out there hoeing. And to my knowledge, he hasn't been, well, from my, you know, three or four <laughs> episodes that I've watched, he very well might be. But from what we've seen on TV, he's not the guilty party here. Like she is clearly the guilty party. But she's treating right. him like he's out there in the streets uh, doing all kind of foolery. Um, the way she rolled up an old girl, like, why were you at my man's show? Like, it's a show. He was performing. Right. Did you see her doing anything else with your man? Like, he's a rapper slash producer, and she was dancing on stuff. Like, is that not what happens at shows? I don't understand how, right. Right. Like, how, how that set her off. But I, I understand it's because they're already beefing. And so she's going to take it out on this girl for some strange reason. 
instead of talking to her husband like even though the last time we saw her and her husband like they were just going to war so they might they might not want to talk in public like why are you trying to have a conversation like oh i need to go talk to a1 for what you need to call him up and talk to him at the house um at a restaurant over the phone not in front of all these people at a showcase um it was just ridiculous uh brooke is ridiculous she's batshit crazy (laughs) uh the way she handled oh i'm gonna be a sexy stepmom and you know rolled up first of all why are they going to a clinic these people have allegedly they have money so why are they going to a free clinic does stasia chick don't have a doctor she can go to she don't have a primary care position i'm so this is how you know this is all they just yeah went, like where can I'm we so go to how come you're not at your doctor's office probably because they were like hell no don't bring this drama to our like we don't want this right. in our office so let's go to this quote-unquote free clinic which is probably not even a it's probably like a, a office building they set up to look like a doctor's office and brought in some random physician's assistant to be like so your blood test was negative um <laughs> Girl, we knew she wasn't pregnant. Like, that'd be too much life. Right. Right? Not right, but like, that'd be too much like real life for her to like, mess. they probably not even actually a thing. They just introduced this character. I was like, okay, this is your storyline, guys. You're going to pretend to run with, with her and then you're going to be pregnant. And then Brooke's going to be batshit crazy talking about, uh, <laughs> let's be a stepmom because I don't want to have any other kids. Any- like, girl. It's yeah. a lot, but clearly I'm watching it because I watched it. And I will be honest <laughs> to say that I'm only watching it for the drama. I want to get to the bottom of this whole Akbar situation because that's that's foolish and ridiculous. Like, if you're in an open marriage, just say, yeah, me and my husband are in an open marriage. Don't be like, don't be talking to me about what me and my husband do. Like, what? Right. I'm so confused by all these right. people. There is not a sane person I mean, maybe LaBrittany, shout out to her name with the extra added. <laughs> and right. um, Apple, Apple Watts, like the two girls trying to come up, like they might be the sanest people in this whole shit because they're not pulled into all this other stuff so far. Um, I hope they don't get pulled in. Otherwise, there's no hope for any of these people. <sighs> well, I'm going to roll with no hope. <laughs> <laughs> just that tragic and speaking of tragedy this week's episode of insecure it took me up to the mountaintop and then it dropped me down into the valley i just i need a hug like (laughs) i'm gonna sip slowly because i'm just i thought all my dreams and wishes were coming true and then there was like a hard stop nope Nope, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> You've been riding for Team Daniel and Team Issa, and I was like, mm, yeah. we're only yeah. two episodes in. So I told you last week, I thought we can only go down from here. Mm-hmm. We can only go mm-hmm. down, and we w- we took a hard turn toward the bottom in this episode. Um, I mean, not the bottom. We just took a we took a turn, and yeah. Um, before we get into Shot. like each to breaking it, breaking it down completely, um, 
what were your general thoughts? I know you were like, oh, you were triggered. It was very, it was very personal. So <laughs> general yeah. thoughts about the episode. That's it. I mean, I, it was just a deeper look, of course, into who Daniel really is. And I was like, wow, we missed that. Uh, well, of course, we weren't really shown these parts of him. I still love their interaction. I mean, most of the the episode, you know, they were on the incline and so, or remained on the incline from last episode. So I was genuinely excited to see that. Um, also, you know, just Issa's kind of realizations about uh, her career and work. And so it seemed like we were, you know, we're progressing. So, so generally, I like the episode, and then, yeah, like you said, there were some parts that um, were felt really personal, things that I could identify very strongly with, and so that didn't necessarily feel the greatest, but um, like you said, this is therapy, so I'm here on the couch for my session. What about you? Yeah, so last week, I feel like I was having a therapy session, so feel free to overshare in the same, in the same way as I was having last week. Um, no, I thought this, I don't know. I I had a, a mixture. I think I had a mixture of emotions. Um, because I like Daniel and I know that because now this season he is a more principal character, we're going to see him be more complex. Like last week we already started to see some of his insecurities and his ego and you know, his issues around like his music. And I was like, oh God, I hope I don't hate Daniel. And then they brought him back, right? He took Issa's advice and we were back on track. I was like, cool, cool, cool. Daniel's gonna make it. This week, I was like, oh my God, he's he's not gonna make it. Um, <laughs> because he's just kind of like, I don't know. Daniel was frustrating, but that also means that he was a real person this week because people often frustrate you, particularly when you're rooting for them and you want them to get it right and you want him to have like this breakthrough with his music. But you could already tell that he was so into his own, like he's not willing to compromise. And that's a lesson for all of us. Like sometimes you're going to have to to listen to other people and to take their advice. And he's just not in that space where he's willing to take Khalil's advice. And Khalil still, you know, shout out to Khalil for being like a decent person trying to actually help him. But until he realized Daniel was not taking his advice, then he's like, get him. I'll play you something else. Right. Spider. Um, And then he just blew it. So... I don't know. It was another very real, um, very, um, for lack of a better word, authentic episode. And I think, you know, overall, there still might be some hope for your, I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you hear my child in the background. He is battling somebody on Xbox. So if you hear some yelling, don't be alarmed. <laughs> I can't. It's, it's the kid in the background. Uh, going in on Xbox <laughs> Fortnite, probably. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, like, in the end, I don't, 
I don't know if all hope is lost for Issa and Daniel, but I do know that it's going to take them. They're going to have to grow separately. And I think it's good that she's moving out. Um, you know, so when we first start the episode, Issa <laughs> is still in Daniel's bed. So last episode, hey. he, he offered because her neck was hurting and he gave her the worst massage in history. Um, <laughs> So he was like, you can sleep in my bed. You don't have to sleep on the couch. And so we open up and they're in bed and they're like fighting over the pillows. It's all cutesy. There's a bunch of hot Cheetos, like full like Cheeto crumbs in the bed. I'm like, Issa, are you really that messy? Come on, man. Um, but, you know, they get into one of those little playful things. And then Daniel asks, asks her, what else does the heart want besides flaming hot Cheetos, apparently? And then she, they start to, to, you know, get into it and get it on. And then, then we find out the dream. <laughs> so clearly what Issa wants is Daniel. But at that moment, she's still not giving in to him. So she, she's battling with her head and her heart when we first opened this episode. And, I mean, as usual, it had us thinking we were on this ride. And then we got jerked back into reality. I was like, oh. Issa. But I think it, it got crazy with the flaming hot Cheetos. That's when I realized like, hey, it was it was all a dream. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Ain't nobody right. ever thinking about no flaming hot if Daniel's doing his thing. Right. Right. If Daniel's so. getting you flaming hot, you ain't gonna need some Cheetos, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and so in the dream he says, you know, do you like that? Which we'll get that, you know. A little later, I, I realized that was a parallel. I was like, "Oh, that probably is what triggered her and jerked her out of, you know, her sensations." Mm-hmm. But anyway, Molly, Molly's back. Hey, girl. So and she's I getting her dog. Molly. Yeah, she's getting had facial. a dog. Did we know Molly had a dog? I feel like maybe in the first season. I'm not like I can't be 100% sure, but I feel like one of those scenes that, you know, we were let into her house that a dog was involved, but not 100% sure. Not but we've been in sure. Molly's house a bunch, like her and Dro, Issa's been over, yeah. and I don't remember seeing a dog, but they made it seem like this dog had been around for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wait, I, Molly has a dog? She don't even look like a dog person. <laughs> so she's never been out like walking a dog, maybe. I don't I don't I don't Not know why I didn't recall. feel surprised to see a dog, but you know what? I couldn't I couldn't one hundred percent remember either when I saw the notes. I'm like, oh I'm not not really sure. So hmm. could be the introduction to maybe it's a new dog. I don't know, but Issa seems familiar with the dog too. Shout out to Flavor Flav. I'm mad the dog's name was Flavor Flav, but you know. Well, you know what? Molly <laughs> did have a dog last season. His name was Dro. Ah! <laughs> Touche. This, this dog is just shorter and doesn't talk <laughs> <back>. <laughs> And darker. <laughs> oh, merciful. Okay. Well, here we go. So. <laughs> Molly's getting, yeah, the dog's getting a facial and a palm massage. I was like, dang, dog got it good. 
good life, good life for the dog. And so that whole, you know, the exchange there was more so about, you know, Issa staying with Daniel, or should she stay, and having the offer for being the apartment manager and just kind of, you know, talking to Molly about that. But clearly Molly was not for it. <laughs> she let her know, like, Mm-mm, get out of there. And that really was the thing. And shout out to your friends telling you the truth, even when it's not something that you want to hear. But mm-hmm. Issa made sure to, you know, at least try to articulate herself. Like this is, di- this feels different. You know, like we're communicating, we're talking, you know, we're, we're in a good place or it feels good at least right now. So that's what I got, you know, from that. And then Molly goes to work. Yes. Molly goes to work. Molly, is, she goes, to Molly goes to work. Right. And shout out to Yvonne Orji. Wakanda. Wakanda. Yes. Country city. <laughs> Absolutely. And shout out to uh, Yvonne Orji, who uh, retweeted us on Saturday during the live tweet. And everybody that has continued <laughs> to retweet and like said tweet where, yeah, we had the Wakanda inspired, this is how Molly feels you know, walking into work. And she was definitely excited, you know, to be around her people and just, you know, high hopes, high hopes. Also, I made the note um, that part, partner, partner, Malcolm, Malcolm, um, is Stan from Girlfriends. <laughs> I was like, wait, I remember you guys. So uh, mm, the one that was creeping Stan around with, the, with uh, the womanly hips. Yeah. Oh no, Stan! Who had no, was with no. Maya? Was creeping with Maya? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, I yeah. was like, no, oh, the one who blackmailed really on Stan. He blackmailed Maya and broke up her marriage to Darnell. Yeah. We don't like him. And we they didn't even like, like have a full on. Well, they had an emotional affair, but then Stan became a right. stalker and busted yeah. up her marriage for like three seasons, and then <laughs> they yep. had to bring it back around. Because Darnell has been fine since 1989. Um, <laughs> he still looks the same. Shout out to Khalil Khan for being yeah. an ageless and fine light skin, for, divine, for defying the light skin odds. Because, you know, light skin people don't be... Mm. Listen, the aging they process. Age. Yeah. <laughs> age. The lack of melanin Quickly. be taking a... I'm I'm medium brown, so I got a shot. I got a shot to defy <laughs> the agelessness. Um, but our light skinned brethren, mostly men though, light skin light skinned women, they they keep it tight and right. Light skinned men, uh, I don't know. I don't Jasmine guy, Jasmine, Jasmine guy is not, in my opinion, doing the graceful aging. I was like, oh, well, look at here. So she's a dope person. I was watching her. Uh, we are off topic. I was watching her. Um, <laughs> did she have an unsung or something? Yeah, unsung Hollywood. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Like she's an authoress to quote Maya Wilkes to keep it in the girlfriend. Yeah, authoress. She's an activist. She's a, a actress. Look at that. All oh, okay. Well, we'll actress, <laughs> authoress. We'll give her her props. We'll <laughs> give her her props. Yes. Shout out, I love shout out to Jasmine I love Guy. It. 
And shout out to oh, yeah, that, yeah. for being an ageless, uh, ageless brother. Amen. Amen. So yeah, Molly's excited. She meets her assistant. She sees her office, and you know, she gets her her body roll on one but time. But she's like or, overly excited. Like Molly acts like. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I get it because she's never worked in an environment that's all black. Um, and maybe because I've constantly worked in environments that were <laughs> predominantly black, whether right. I'm a teacher or not, like teacher and then transitions to magazine writer person for all the Negro outlets. Um, I've been in these black spaces my entire life, but she don't know how to act. You would think she never grew up around black people the way she just like, you know, and my old firm, blah, 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 blah. And she just kind of keeps, I don't know. She's having this hard time trying to figure out how to really navigate her new law firm. And she's really excited. Um, but then she realizes that everything ain't the same. <laughs> I mean, her coworkers are, are cool, but I think at, towards the end, like they get fed up with her too. Like we get it, girl. Everybody's black. Stop mentioning it. Stop talking about CP time. Stop talking about your old law firm. Just stop it. Right. Well, I I get it. Uh, you know, being around. It, it's just like, that's why what kind of came to mind, like watching the movie and knowing like this was an all black nation and, you know, and, and then of course the movie was created and directed by a black man and just, all the principal characters it was just that you know that feeling that feeling of home and pride I got that but yeah like you said it was like when you gonna cut it off but we saw her in the scene getting her groove on and uh then we cut to the we got y'all well it wasn't a job fair but there was a job fair where we got y'all was there I guess and so, Frida and Issa. Mm-hmm. Yes. Speaking of this, how long before Issa leaves we got y'all? What is your over-under on that? Do we have to wait to the end of the season? Or do you think she's about to be out in, like, the next episode or two? Um, Probably by the end of the season, just because, you know, it's such a short season. <laughs> and everything kind of seems to, you know, kind of linger until the end i i would hope she would do it sooner but i feel like that's going to be something you know that they they make us wait on but she may actually start to explore it as soon as next episode i believe yeah because at that job fair with frida being all i don't don't know frida is a perfectly she's weird my feelings my feelings yeah my feelings about frida started to change last season when she was like a little too woke for her own good. I mean, I get it, Frida. She somebody needs to advocate for the Latino students as the vice principal or whatever his name. I can't even remember. Um, I don't know why I want to call him Collins, but I know that's not his name. Um, Gaines, mm-hmm. Principal Gaines, was like yeah. so wrong last year um, about you know discouraging. The Latino students were coming to the after school program. So somebody did have to pull Issa's coattails and be like, hey, let's not forget about these kids. But Frida just got on my nerves. Like she's like the she got on my nerves. And so into this season now that she has this promotion 
and she's not doing that whole like she was going riding all hard for the students she's not riding that hard now that she has this job like she just mm-hmm. doesn't seem to want to rock the boat to you know when Issa's like hey she could have backed Issa up last week when they were talking about here's why the other schools pulled out uh, especially since Frida's been in the field and she knows what it is like she could have had Issa's back and she continuously doesn't. And now they're trying to hire another person of color, which is great. But I don't know. Frida's just not it for me. Frida is kind of like woke white woman going astray. Something about her is, is annoying me this season. <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, she's just extra. I mean, I know she's been that way. This is not the first time, but. I don't know. It's it's like extra, extra. I don't know. <laughs> because she definitely annoyed me this episode. You know, there was the whole exchange where Issa's like, yeah, you know, it's exciting to be looking for another person of color. And she's like, oh, well, I'm not sure if we should be hiring somebody, you know, just because of that. And I was like, girl, you know why we're here. Like, okay, yes. <laughs> we shouldn't be you know, hiring or looking over somebody solely because of, you know, the color of their skin. But you know why we are here, what conversations we've been having. And then to see it, like they had the uh, the big poster board with all the faces of the employees. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's real. Not black. Look at that. Like everybody is other. So, yeah, I don't mm. Freedom in general, I take it or leave her. And I prefer to leave her. <laughs> right, right. I'm over Freedom. But at this, uh, at the job fair, though, Issa roams around because she wants to leave Frida as well, clearly. Um, and she rolls up on the kids dancing. Um, and I can't remember what was the name of the, the student group, um, where something like The Beat or whatever Beat crew? Um, I think it was the beat crew. Yeah, the beat crew. There we go. And Issa's like really into it. And she's talking to the guy about, you know, oh my God, music changed my life. And my mom took me to see Lady Smith's Black Mombazo. And so she's really connecting it into it. And that's more in line with the stuff that she has been wanting to do with We Got Y'all in the first place. And so I just think it's, I think she's out. I think she's about to, hopefully she's going to get a job with the beat crew um, or or somebody else. Because this apartment manager thing is not her jam either. Um, but, <laughs> and that, so when we get to that whole conversation between her and Daniel at the end, like, I think he has a point. He just expresses it in a, in a wrong way. In a funky way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it's clear she is not, she, when we do get to the job interview, so we go back to, we got y'all and we're jumping around. We go back to, we got y'all. They have a black candidate come in and Frida has to step out to go get Joanne to talk to the girl. Like Issa's barely engaged in the interview. She don't have anything to say about, we got y'all. She don't have anything to say to this young lady who's, who's interviewing so when Frida steps out, the girl's like, oh, so how is it really? And she's like, you know how it is with these people. <laughs> um, and then she was, the young lady was like, so how long have you been here? And she's like, five years. 
And I think this is another Lauren situation. Like she's at the end of that rope. She's at the end of we got y'all. Just like she was at the end of her time with Lawrence. And I feel like some changes are on the horizon for Issa. Because as soon as she says five years, you can see it like for herself that she's like, oh, yeah, I'm not into this. I need to do something else. And I think immediately after that, she goes and looks up the beat crew um, on the Internet. So hopefully Issa can can make that change, which is hard. And it's hard in relationships. But considering she's already made the relationship change which might be harder than the job change because you kind of realize your or you think you know in your mind you feel like oh I'm gonna be with this person I can't see my life without this person and she's managed to make that change albeit in a messy way by initially cheating on Daniel but I mean initially cheating on um Lawrence but she's managed Mm -hmm. to kind of in that 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 stagnated part of her life to go on to something else we don't know what that something else is and at this point in the episode she's starting to think that something else might be Daniel um but I think she's also on the precipice of that kind of change in her career as well right absolutely I really can't wait to see it because I mean she really has you know, kind of hit the bottom, which we talked about that last episode, you know, with the credit score, you know, you're sleeping on somebody's couch, you know, you're driving Lyft and working the job where you got demoted. It's like, okay, <laughs> let's see her rise from the ashes. Because I think she's, you know, well on her way. She's definitely well on her way. Um, what I wanted to say about the career fair with uh, the exchange between oh boy from the beat crew and Issa, you know, when she was talking about, or he was explaining what the beat crew was and she was really taking it in. It reminded me in season one, when she had the idea about exposing the kids really to the arts. Now, granted, (laughs) she did not do a, a great job of presenting her idea, but the idea was still good nonetheless. And, you know, it wound up being, you know, kind of ran over and then they wound up doing the beach cleanup. But, you know, clearly with her being an aspiring rapper (laughs) in the mirror and, you know, just you can tell that that's her jam. And so I, you know, definitely made that that connection there. And I, I hope she does, you know, at least explore it and see if it's possible to take that leap because, yeah, we got y'all. They, they don't got her. It's, it's a wrap. They don't got her at all. And I think she's in a really good place. Like, if you have blown up your life in one aspect, what I've learned from, ex- from experience, that it's easier to just kind of <laughs> do it right away again versus mm-hmm. <laughs> getting entrenched in your life. Like, for me personally, it's not therapy session. However, um, when I made the transition from, you know, being a regular, you know, public school teacher and not really, and really kind of just living for the weekend, like, okay, God, like, let me just get through Monday through Thursday. I didn't even care about Friday at work. My students, I mean, they learned stuff on Friday. Friday was like quiz and a movie day. So shout out to the kids who work with me at that time. Like, <laughs> 
I just had to get through Monday to Thursday because Friday was downhill. Um, so, you know, when you're kind of just in that space where you're just trying to get through the week because your job sucks and how you feel about yourself sucks or whatever, like I made a whole lot of changes in that time. Like I quit my job, basically quit a relationship. <laughs> like it was a lot of change, but it, I feel like it needed to all happen at that time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't do one thing and then wait five more years to do the next thing. Like I had to do it and I'd take the leap and then I'll be okay. Um, I feel like she's in a good position where even though she just didn't break up with Lawrence, I feel like not that long has passed. Just she's mm-hmm. still in this place where she can make that leap like like on your credit score. If you're applying for credit cards, you apply for a whole bunch of credit cards at one time, it only hits your report once. Like it only affects your credit score once. Right. But if you apply for a card now and you apply for a card three months from now, like it's, it's multiple hits on your credit report. So just get it all out of the way. Um, in that, you know, in that grace period where everything is already scary, everything is already up in the air. So who cares if you're, you know, your relationship has blown up, might as well change your job too. So hopefully she, um, and based on this episode, I think she will end up being like, you know what, we got y'all. We had, we had a, I can't even say a good five years. We had five years <laughs> and now it's time to right. move on. And speaking of moving on, no, <laughs> Molly is now realizing that everything that glitters is not gold. So the most hilarious, you know, thing to me in that moment was, you know, not having DocuSign and particularly because I just had an experience <laughs> with meeting DocuSign. But, you know, yeah, you're in a law firm at the very least. I would assume they would use something like that. They're like, yeah, no, we don't, we don't use that. Yeah, and the I didn't courier understand comes. Why they didn't use it? I didn't. She, I, yeah. I understood some kind of like, oh, we don't want to deal with encrypting software for something else. But like, DocuSign is, you just sign up and sign. It's not, it's not hard at all. <laughs> I don't understand. And it, I mean, it's mostly it's free for me, but. I'm sure they have some kind of law firm plan that they can use. But yeah, both. Yeah, uh, sending a courier and then the courier is late because the courier is on CP time. <laughs> like, what? What the hell is happening? What if you got to send some documents like right away? Right you got to wait for Jamal exactly. to, to get there on his smoke break? <laughs> I don't think so. Well, clearly <laughs> they do that and you know, the meetings that Malcolm apparently is is late to regularly. <laughs> like, Why is he late? Like, they were like, oh, he makes a call. What kind of call is he making? Mm-hmm. Is he like checking right. his PO that he has to do it every time? <laughs> I, I, I didn't understand that. Like, he makes that. a call to who? Right. He's on this call and then we usually get started without him. Really? But it's just like, this is the company culture, and she is getting culture shot. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know you put in your notes, and we didn't talk about it. It's like the whole, I don't know why this keeps popping up every so often 
um, the HBCU versus PWI debate. There was that article that yes. one of our friends who's very outspoken, who always <laughs> he was sharing it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not I'm not being dragged in this time. Um, but, you know, it was kind of around what is the Black experience? Can you have a Black experience at a predominantly white institution? And both of us went to PWI, so I can't comment on HBCUs. I would imagine that it's definitely different, um, just being among all Black people and having predominantly Black professors and whatever. And, you know, it's different. And so I would never say like, oh, being a USC was just like being an HBCU because it clearly was not. Um, right. Like our band was dope, but it was not an HBCU band. So <laughs> that's number one. <laughs> not at all. Um, not and, at all. And we, you know, it took us, like we had to actively seek out Black professors. Like I actively sought out the the handful of Black uh, I was an English major, Black English professors in the department, and we took four, four cinema classes. Man, um, let's talk about that, okay? Dr. Todd Boy. Right, like, neither yes. one of us were cinema students, and we took four cinema classes because it was with a dope Black professor, and so... And I'm literally still paying for that. But... <laughs> <laughs> exactly but it was a good yeah, and I I probably will unless I hit the lotto or become Oprah it's just I'm gonna pass it on to my when I die that'll be my gift to my child like oh no more student loans <laughs> absolutely yeah I'm hoping, I'm, hoping, I'm, I'm hoping to become Oprah though but but the, I feel like that's what Molly is experiencing like maybe she went she went to like predominantly white schools her whole life uh even though she lives in the hood I'm imagining even though she grew up around a way she went to these predominantly white spaces to become a lawyer and go to college and isn't she in a sorority so I'm, I'm really trying to struggle like what is her isn't she a aka supposed to be on the show I know they mentioned something really briefly. yeah yeah I think between her and Candace they had a little exchange because huh. somebody had on like, the AKA Delta B brief or whatever beef. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. I don't want to get into any D9 skirmishes. I already talked to you <laughs> about the noobs. Um <laughs> but she's well, in these spaces. Uh-huh. Right. All oh, all of nineteen eleven. Well the br- the bros Anyway, I don't want to get off track, but their fuckery <laughs> is well known. Like nobody believes them when they try to do that wholesome cute. Like nobody believes that. Um, you don't become a wholesome cute till you're like 37 and burned out. Like it just doesn't it doesn't happen. Or maybe like 30, 30, and you did enough hoeing in your college days and your your 20s, where now you're mm-hmm. just tired. Um, My Lord. <laughs> shout out to the wholesome. 1911. Um, but I feel like Molly has been in enough spaces with Black people. Like, she should know how to act, but maybe because, you know, working a job is different. And so she's used to coming from this law firm where they go to, you know, they have box seats at the Kings game and mm-hmm. multiple offices and everything is so easy. Like, she got boxes. Are those her boxes? What boxes are they? just got random storage in her office? Yeah, I was wondering if it was from cases that she would be working on. I'm, I'm hoping it's not just anybody's stuff. Like, I'm, 
I'm assuming this is what you'll need. And so when old boy is like, you know, you'll get used to it or it'll uh, something to the effect of um, it'll be, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember the word that he used, but it pretty much to me said like, you know, it's easier than having this sin for something like this, it's right there. And so I was assuming these were things that she would need and not, Oh, you're the new girl. Here's all of our boxes. I hope that's not. <laughs> I hope, I hope not. Because when she first got into her office, it looked pretty dope. She was doing a body roll in front of the in front of the window. So clearly, yeah, she liked the office. Um, but they're not moving those boxes out. So she better throw a blanket over yeah. it and call it a decoration. Yeah, I just think it's it's a culture shock to have you know all black people there, and it's just you know we. We can do some things differently when it's just us. Let's just go on and keep it real, you know, when it's just us and, you know, we assume that there's this collective, it's okay. And unfortunately, it's not okay for everybody because, you know, just because you're Black doesn't mean you do have the same experience or want to operate in the same manner. Um, and, and in this case, more loosely or informally, like that's not, you know, that's not what she has done. And it doesn't appear to be something that she's comfortable with. So it'll be interesting right. to see how long she lasts there. I do. I did like the conversation that came up when Molly was, you know, they're at the bar and they're, you know, she's telling everybody about her new job. I do like the fact that Issa asked her, like, are you really tripping? Are you just being harder on them because it's a black firm? Because that's one of the things that I do um, just kind of see on social media. I feel like we, in some instances, we we do give ourselves a lot of um, leeway if things are not exactly Mm -hmm. up to par or whatever. But if people kind of go to black businesses or whatever, they, I feel like some sometimes we do often um, are harder. Like we don't want to pay money for things. We don't like, why is so-and-so charged $30? I can get mm-hmm. it for $20 at Walmart. Well, Walmart is a huge <laughs> multi-billion dollar company and the mom and pop shop is not. So the prices are going to not right. be the same. You know, so I I did like that conversation that they were having at the bar. Like, are you sure you're not being harder on black businesses because they're black? We don't have the same, um, we don't have the same access and the same advantages and the same, you know, whatever. A lot of the time, so for many of our businesses, or for so I don't I don't even want to say many. For some of our businesses, it's just a little bit different, right? And we have to treat mm-hmm. them the same. Like people don't go to Applebee's and get mad because that one time at Applebee's somebody didn't give them the best service they don't be like ah this is why I don't deal with Applebee's or whatever <laughs> like they'll just go to it <laughs> they'll go to another Applebee's but if you're at Roscoe's and there's only three of mm-hmm. them or whatever you'll be like this is why I don't go to Roscoe's because black people be blah 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 but you go to some mediocre ass white business all the time not even white but like a yeah. chain business all the time and it's just kind of like, right. we do need to, I did like that conversation, but I also thought it was hilarious that Kelly was like, mm, I still got a white accountant, <laughs> even though she's an accountant. <laughs> I thought that was funny. She's hilarious. 
hilarious. And um, inside the conversation, she also said uh, or illuminated the point that we're conditioned not to trust each other. And Mm -hmm. that, I mean, being in business, pretty much the majority of my adulthood at this point, which is crazy. uh, You know, I see that it's really not about selling a product or service as much as it is selling yourself and working to differentiate yourself from whatever people think about black business or the last time they worked with a black woman or the last time they worked with a black person, you know, it's just like, Oh, it can be exhausting because you have to jump over hurdles before you even deliver the service. It'd be one thing to, you know, deliver your service or, you know, deliver your product and then wait to be evaluated. But you have to deal with it most of the time before somebody even makes the decision to swipe their card or peel off a couple bucks. And usually it's just a couple of bucks. (laughs) It's not like you're working for some multi-million dollar deal. Like you have to work for $9.99. Like it's crazy. It is absolutely. <laughs> like, well, yeah. How am I gonna get? How how am I gonna get it? Well, is it gonna come on time? Are you gonna email it to me? Is it gonna be a hard copy? Is it gonna be this? Or is it gonna be it? I, it's exhausting. From your own people, it is very exhausting. It be your own people. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> it be your own people. Your so, yeah, own I, people. Yeah, I, I really, really, and that's one of the things that I like about Insecure. Like, they have these conversations on the show that we actually have in real life, and it just feels really real, you know? Um, so, that's one thing I like. And, and during the conversation, too, Issa starts to talk about Daniel, and she's like, Oh, I don't think I'm going to move out. Because they're all like, Girl, you better take that apartment manager job or part-time job <laughs> so you can get this $750 rent, which is basically free in LA. $750 right. pretty much free. Um, and she's like, I don't know. I think I'm going to stay with Daniel. We're in a good place and I'm off the couch and we have a good, you know, possibility for it to be something. And all her friends were like, nope, eh, next, try again. And I understood them, but on the other side too, I was kind of like, "Really?" Like I felt, I felt conflicted in that moment because mm-hmm. I absolutely feel like Issa does need to move out so she can get her life together, and Daniel can get his whatever he needs, his career, his ego, his stuff that we saw happening last week together. But for me, it was mostly about her because she seems to be in a real transitional time. And so I felt like she needs the space and the time to get herself together so that they can be, if they're going to try to be in a relationship, so they can try to do that for real, but not have these all this, for her not to be in a space where she needs him, you know what I mean? In that way, where she's kind of just relying on him um and where she's not coming to the relationship as an equal and a full person so i wanted her right. to move out because of that but i didn't want her friends to be like Mm-mm, girl no on daniel eh. because he <laughs> you know up until 
this episode, even last episode, I was like, I don't know. But, you know, this episode, mm-hmm. last episode, I, I started to be like, oh, my God, Daniel, don't make me hate you. But then he, he brought it back around. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, he's just human. I got it. Whew. Like, we got over that. Um, in this episode, I was like, oh, damn it. But we hadn't gotten there yet. So I didn't, I was, I was feeling some type of way that all her friends were like, nope, girl, nope, on Daniel. And I didn't know why they felt like that because we hadn't seen enough on screen evidence to say Daniel was like a fuckboy or something like that for them to right. be like XNA on Daniel. So I, I wondered what that was about. What do you think that was about? Well, Molly said, um, straight out, you know, with you and Daniel, there's always a problem. So I took it more like they're just waiting on the other shoe to drop. Not necessarily like something's wrong with Daniel because literally he has proven himself to be a great friend. Like, yeah, come sleep on my couch. Don't pay anything. Don't do anything. You know, your car got wrecked. Hey, I'll come pick you up. You know, whatever. Like, he's there for her and vice versa. But in this instance, like he's there for her. So nobody, and in a way that they are not there for her. <laughs> and that's another thing. Everybody wants to say, don't stay with Daniel, but nobody is saying, but you can come stay with me. So I right. Think, like even her and Molly are like, we tried that in the summer of 1992. And it didn't work out. So we're not <laughs> like, and we, so can I just say, Amanda Seals is a perfectly nice woman in her real life. <laughs> but I do not like Tiffany. Like, she's the one friend. Maybe because I can't relate to her at all. I don't right. I don't feel like I have any friends like her. Like, I can't connect her to real life. Like, she's the one person where I'm just like, I don't know who you are. Like, she doesn't feel like a yeah. real person to me. And I don't know, maybe I'm not bougie as I thought I was. And I don't have like super, super, super bougie friends. Like I was never in Jack and Jill. Um, you know, I didn't grow up in Ladera Heights. So maybe, maybe those people exist. <laughs> but she's the one character where I'm just kind of like, why is she here? She doesn't feel. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they haven't really developed her other than for her to be this like pop in bougie character like we don't know what happened with her and Derek when he stayed at the hotel now she's pregnant yeah. and there was that whole drama around season two about Fred. she could <laughs> like she couldn't be reached or something so like was she mm-hmm. cheating on Derek whose baby is this is Derek's baby like if, unless they're right. going to plan to roll out some information about her she's the one person I'm just like eh, this character is just here She's just here because they need a fourth, a fourth person in the crew. Right. And clearly they feel like you feel, at least to a degree, because they have a group, they have a group chat without her. So, I mean, right. I mean she's, there, she's not but... as witty. Like, I would have a group chat without her, too, because she's just boring. <laughs> like, Kelly is fun. Kelly got, Kelly has all the lines and she has financial knowledge. It's not like she's just fun. And that's it. Like, she's fun, but she's also about her business. But Tiffany's just there. Yeah. To be what? To be bougie? Yeah. <laughs> but 
as you've alluded to, I think we're about to see that she's not as, you know, perfect as she wants to act like. They're, I'm, a, I'm sure they're going to drop a lot of bombs about her fairly soon, hopefully in this season. But I think all the stuff is about to unravel on her. But yeah, I was saying with, uh, with saying, you know, don't stay at Daniel's. Yeah, nobody's offering her a space. And I don't think it's personal, like Daniel. It's we're looking at this being a train wreck waiting to happen. The two of you guys together, even if you are trying to do this platonic thing, you know, nobody really believes it. And then eventually this is going to be a problem because it's always a problem. This is your pattern. And so I think that, you know, and now you have a way out. Why would you not? you know, try to explore this and do something on your own that's not going to break you. Now, if your only alternative was, you know, apartment that was going to cost you $1,500 a month, eh, maybe you would need to stay because that's what Kelly advised her (laughs) from the beginning. Like, "Mm, you better see if you can stay. But now that you have this opportunity, you're in a better place, you know, why not take that? Yeah, I get it. Um, I get it. And I agree. I just wish we would have, I don't know, like, I wish we would be let into more of the backstory. Um, but I see where you're coming. Like, if you're saying that it's just kind of like one of those things that maybe they feel like Issa will (laughs) self-destruct because, we all know those women and maybe we are those women at some points of our lives like we're always like oh yeah I'm gonna do better (laughs) do better be better do better know better do better which is the theme of the first episode but then you fall right back into the old trap right like I know I'm gonna know better do better with this next person that I'm in a relationship with and then you just kind of fall back into old habits maybe you get into like taking care of them more or putting their needs a lot more or prioritizing them way more than you're prioritizing yourself so I wonder if that's it like maybe they're just kind of looking at Issa (laughs) like we're looking at her like you need to get your life together so you don't need to be with Daniel or anybody else like you don't it's not even really Daniel you don't need to be with nobody right now you need to focus on Issa and that that could be it, but yeah, they know their girl. You said that, yeah, when you said that, Molly was like, "Oh, we know that it ends wrong." I was like, "When did it end wrong with Daniel?" Because I thought he was her like high school crush, and it just never quite curled all the way over for them. Well, she Other said there's, there's always problems. There's always problems. You know, she said you and Daniel are always a problem, and so I when, don't know if yeah, that I wanna, I all the way like, back. Right, right. I want to know when yeah. have they well, all been a problem versus this whole Lawrence. Like, I can see that being the problem, but I, I need more yeah. info. from Molly needs to give us some more info. Well, it sounded like, I mean, when they took their trip down memory lane, you know, they were in a space to get together, and then Daniel didn't, you know, close down the deal. Uh, back when they were, you know, younger, and then, you know, they kind of went their separate ways, and then, okay, we collide back together, I'm in a relationship, I end up cheating, we can't really be together now, because, you know, I'm a wreck, 
because of this. So I just think it's like, it's, it's situation after situation after situation. It's never been smooth. At least that's what I got from it. Now, it might be something else because clearly we get, you know, things dropped on us. <laughs> like, wait, I didn't even see that coming. But so far, their history is just not smooth. Much like this episode, it's just like, man, right? When you think it's going to be something good, and then it's something. So, I mean, I can't say that Molly wasn't lying, though I didn't expect it to go down so soon. <laughs> right, right. Before the end of the episode. Um, You're right. <laughs> five minutes later, Daniel's Black History. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> speaking of Daniel. Oh, Daniel. Um, so I was giving Daniel props last week because, you know, stereotypically, I'll put it out there. Some men have a hard time putting their pride and ego to the side to do the best thing for themselves, right? Because they want to self-determination. They want to be the top dog. They want whatever. And at the end of last week's episode, um, episode two, Daniel takes Issa's advice and calls Khalil. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, he listened to her, which, shout out to brothers. A lot of y'all don't. Um, <clears throat> so he listened to her. He reached out to Khalil. Khalil was open. And we see him in the studio this episode with Khalil. So far, Khalil has shown himself to be stand-up dude. Not trying to shade Daniel. Um... But Daniel has a very particular, he's an artist, right? And he's sensitive about his shit, to to, to paraphrase Badu. And he has a particular yeah. way that he, want his, that he wants his music to sound. He has cellos. He has, he has flutes. He has, I don't know, does he have violas? He got something up in there. He's, must, he's got orchestras going on, string instruments. Um, and he and he produces a very beautiful track, but Khalil comes in like every other dope um, musician, a dope producer, a dope editor for me as a writer. Like I might think that I have written the best article in my life. I'll have an editor come in and be like, "Hey, this is really great, but here's how we can make it better." And <laughs> instead of being like, "Cool, cool, cool, let's do it," so I can sell this track to Spider. Um, Daniel's in his feelings about it. And he can't mm-hmm. he can't just accept the critic not the even criticism. He can't accept the suggestion from somebody who actively works with it'll be one thing if Khalil, you know, was just some guy off the street. But Khalil yeah. works with Spider. Khalil knows, like Issa told him at the end, like he knows what Spider wants. So if you're trying to break in you need to take people's advice until you get to be the point where you're, you know, mustard on the beat or London on the track. London on the track. Mm-hmm. And you give people what you want or you until you get to be Pharrell Williams and you get to be like, hey, I made this beat. Here you go. Until that point, mm-hmm. you have to you have to take advice and you have to take suggestions and you can see it all over Daniel's face. Like Elon does a really good job of 
acting in these scenes because we can tell that he's his words are saying one thing like okay cool 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 but his face is saying like mm -hmm. don't you dare touch my music. hell no yeah <laughs> your suggestions Absolutely. are trash i don't respect mm -hmm. you as an artist like my music is great but his mouth is like yeah 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 cool 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 do that do that <laughs> Yeah. That's a good observation. And I don't get that. It's just like, yeah, you're, look, you're not where you want to be yet. And this is the path that you, you must go through or down. You must go down this path to be able to get where you want to go. Do you think, like, honestly, you're just going to give an artist something, like, you're going to give them something and force them to like it? It's like, as far as I know, many producers probably until they are, like you said, Pharrell or Dr. Dre or somebody like that, will have to do different versions or tweak, you know, to make it what you want, you know, what they want it to be. And so, first of all, it's just like dumb. Um, it's arrogant, but it's also just dumb that you would not consider that what you conceive or conceptualize is not necessarily going to be the final product. And then on top of that, like you said, you know, after you've gotten to a certain place, because right now, you know, you, you're making beats for Dawn as she's swishing back and forth in the booth with her plastic pants. Like, you know, <laughs> what else are you doing? You might as well. <laughs> right. Where he's not... Yeah, it's just like, okay, do you want to be true to your right instrumentation? Now. Yeah, he's one of those dudes right now who are who are unsufferable. He's like a backpack rapper who's trying to keep it real, but you're actually broke. Like, so here's the th so now that I now that we see more about Daniel, right? Like, he he had a hit. Didn't he produce something for Ty Dolla Sign? Like, he had a hit, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. but he said it didn't. So he didn't release it or something i don't know has he been lit like what is daniel's job now that we, now that we see more right. of daniel how is daniel paying the rent is he selling weed mm. is that what the lady he was the ladies was like mm -hmm. yeah he was selling weed did he sell enough to like save his money up and mm. pay rent because he ain't struggling he's not doing Good uber him, he, ain't, he ain't driving him food. and dro him and dro right. got the same job <laughs> at least, I mean, at least we see Daniel doing something with his time besides sleeping with Molly or Issa or <laughs> Candace, whatever she. But like, how does Daniel pay the bills? Because in the grand scheme of things, he can't. He ain't making no money as a SoundCloud producer and pulling cellos, and yeah. maybe he gets money to babysit his niece. I don't know, but we need to. <laughs> what does Daniel do for a living, guys? <laughs> I need to know. It's mm. a good question. It's a tweetable. What does Daniel do? If he's not selling beats, he might be selling something, but he's not selling beats. I so mean, he doesn't. He's moved on to like <laughs> to whatever the young people right. make these days. My goodness. So he, you know, like you said, he he halfway listens to Khalil, like, okay, go ahead and do whatever little thing you think needs to be done. Khalil gets in there, works his magic, um, which was really like two things, right? He went there like boom, boom, and then he was done. It wasn't like he did a 
<laughs> a whole bunch. Uh, right. Brought the drums up. The, the, and, you know, the music was still there. The the flutes and the cellos and yeah. the, the the banjos or whatever, <laughs> whatever he added was was still there. He just made it. I I mean I I agree with Khalil. I like the second track. <laughs> me too. Me too. And so yeah, he didn't change a whole joint guy. He just you know he brought up the base, which he sees like, you know, this is what Spider likes, and it is what it is. Speaking of Spider, last week, I was trying to determine who this guy was. I'm like, he looks familiar. You're like, nah. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> but he plays on Greenleaf. Um, beyond that, I guess he's like a Disney Channel guy, which I would not have known him from, but I did recognize him from Greenleaf as uh, Isaiah. So, the Isaiah so. Literally just wrote a little preview article for Essence um, about season three of Greenleaf, which premieres. We're taping this on Tuesday. It premieres Yay. tonight and tomorrow night, <clears throat> Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, shout out to Ong. I love them. We love them. Feel um, free yeah. to buy some. If you would like to sponsor us, Ong, for any of your programs, Clean Sugar, Fix My Life, Love yeah. Is, we watch them all. Uh, Greenleaf. Please send us an email. Haves and have not. Haves and have not. Uh, <laughs> uh, minding my business with Maisha. I've been watching that one. Um, I think that's it for right now. Sweetie Pies is over, so you know. I was gonna say rest <laughs> in peace, but she's she's not dead. Um, yeah, whatever. If you Oprah, you know we love you. We met you last year at the Queen Sugar rap party. And let's just take a break to remind ourselves. October 2017, Oprah sat down next to Andrea. First of all, Oprah was like, is this seat taken? I'm like, ma'am, you are Oprah <laughs> All the seats are yours. <laughs> you are worth $3 billion. This party <laughs> is for a show on your network. Like all of you, everybody can get up from this table and go. Yeah. all these seats are yours ma'am she sat next to Andrea and it was like a whole episode of Super Soul Sunday over tequila yeah. because Oprah was like child I need to eat this chicken and broccoli because I've been drinking my tequila and we were like yes auntie <laughs> yes 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 auntie and she was yes. just talking about writing her journal she thought I went to her house I don't know why but I, I was like I receive it I receive it. I will be at your house. Man. <laughs> I had an attitude. I was like, wait, she was at your house? <laughs> She's like, no, no, I, I wasn't. No, I was oh, not. Okay. If I went to Oprah's house, please, unless I was under an NDA, because I'm not trying to get sued, um, everybody and their mama and their mama's mamas would know that I was at Oprah's house. I would take a picture mm. in the back, like uh, in, in every room of the house <laughs> that I would be allowed into. <laughs> Which is probably just one, you knowing Oprah. Y'all could be outside. Right. Like I would take pictures all over, <laughs> wherever it's allowed. Everybody would know I was at Oprah's house. Um, so shout out to Oprah. Shout out to Own. If you would like to sponsor an episode of Drunk Watching, or you just want to invite us to Oprah's house, hit us up at hello drunk watching we'll at gmail.com. Oprah, we will bring the tequila. 
you're worth $3 billion. We will, I will charge it on my credit card. I'm not worth $3 billion. I will bring the best (laughs) bottle of tequila, BevMo, (laughs) and Total Wine, (laughs) or Target has in stock. Shout out to that. Absolutely. And the tidbit that she gave us, if you're going to eat carbs, eat them in the morning. Yes, Oprah was like, look, this is Weight Watchers Oprah now. She's she's about this life. She only has carbs <laughs> in the morning. So when I, I mean, I've, whatever. We won't get on that. But I've been, <laughs> on my road trip, I had all the carbs because you take what you can get on the road. Um, <clears throat> but now that I'm home and trying to get my life back together, I might have like a, a piece of toast to kick off my morning and then per auntie oprah no more no more carbs from there on um all that to say i saw the Greenleaf season two recap video that's up on own um the own website and that's where i saw oh boy i was like wait that's spider so yes he's he's like an abusive boyfriend though no bunny yeah, yeah. yeah. how are you gonna be like oh, and abusive? like that's just terrible well so I was gonna say I think they were modeling the the character gave me Chris Brown vibes. Sorry, Phoebe, but that I I, I feel oh. like these parallels kept kind of coming through. So, I mean, um, Chris Brown was, I mean, he is light skinned, and yeah, I'm gonna say was abusive. Was abusive, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We were talking. So this well, is he was story. both simultaneously. He was right. Yeah, and I don't know his life anymore because I don't really follow Brizzy. But um, we were talking about Evelyn on Fix My Life. Karuchi, however, mm-hmm. is a Fix My Life success story. So shout out to Auntie Yala for helping right. Karuchi to fix her life because she's gone on to be on Claws. She she's dating old boy from the New York Jets. I happened to fall down. I don't even know how I got on their Instagram, but shout out to uh, Fix My Life alum Karuchi for actually fixing it and moving on to bigger and better things. Absolutely, and she struggled through that episode. Like they they cut it in the middle and everything. I think like her manager was not excited about that, but Auntie was like, mm, "We're gonna call a thing a thing." Yeah, to bring it back around to insecure, what do we call that? Growth. Shout out to Kelly. Mm. We call it growth. <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> we need we need to have some growth because mm-hmm. Issa is currently going through the growing and this is what it looks like, right? Life is not listen guys, it's not pretty. Like I'm in a growth mm-hmm. season right now. <laughs> I'm going to grow. I'll be very yeah. honest and transparent. Um, <clears throat> I'm in a growth season right now. And so it's not always pretty. Like, it's not always great. Sometimes you are, you know, alone on your <laughs> alone on your couch, like, asking God, like, what is going on? How come I just can't get it right? But I know that after this, and this is what my hope for Issa, like, after this you said she hit rock bottom, and I I believe that I believe it. I hope after this rock bottom period, like you know, her taking this apartment manager job, um, her moving out of Daniel's apartment, 
it could be the bounce back. <laughs> you know, this could be like the beginning yeah. of her upswings. We've seen her down for most of the series, to be honest. Right, right. <laughs> for, most, for all of season two, Issa was down. Like, none of her hotations worked. She didn't feel comfortable <laughs> in a hotation. Um, nothing went right. She got priced out of I would. Um, <laughs> and hopefully this is a... Hopefully this is an upswing for her, so we'll see. And hopefully Daniel, oh God, hopefully Daniel can 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 find his. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully he can get his life together because right now it ain't going too well from from my dudes right there. Yeah, and you can't be afraid of well. <laughs> It sounds bad to say you can't be afraid of rock bottom. Let's just say you can't be afraid of taking a detour. Like, you know, it may not be comfortable because life is going to happen. And so you kind of have to lean into it. And the way that you mentioned, like, on the other side of that sometimes is, like, the best thing. But you would never see it. You would never experience it if you didn't go through the hard stuff. So while you're trying to kind of maneuver around the hard stuff or going through that that valley experience or that growth <laughs> experience it's like go through it like the faster you go through it the you know the faster you get to what really is for you and it's not easy but life keeps life in so you know either you kind of go through it with a hopeful positive attitude or you know you kind of end up like Daniel with the grumbles and, and then lose out on opportunities. And it was just no reason for that. Like when I looked at it, I was like, there was no reason for that guy. And now not only did, I was going to say tiger, spider, <laughs> I mean animals, not only did spider like say, you know, I'm not sure. And so that opportunity uh, probably is non-existent for him the whole thing with him and Khalil, because if, you know, Khalil thought he was going to play the new improved track and then he went in and slid his own thing, you know, in the mix. Now Khalil might be like, dude, I don't even want to fool with you. And I, I probably wouldn't blame him. Might be. If I was Khalil, I'd be like, you're out. I gave, <laughs> I, gave, I gave you a chance and you tried to play me because you, because it's like he doesn't trust it, it's like a superiority thing, right? Like Daniel is still mm-hmm. operating from the place where in the last episode, we learned that Daniel taught Khalil how to be a producer. And so Daniel was like Khalil's mentor. But the difference is Khalil was probably open to learning <laughs> and taking advice from people to go where he wanted to go. And Daniel right. was stuck in being an artist and being about his art and, you know, it's all about my music and blah, blah, blah. But, like, that's stopping you from getting where you want to go. And, I mean, for me as a writer, like, I've I've definitely had some experiences where, I mean, you know, I'm pretty pretty good at what I do. But I've definitely had some experiences <laughs> where I didn't necessarily agree with suggestions or with edits 
or whatever. But like at the end of it, I understood. And I said, I'm like, oh, okay, you had like what I wrote was good. And it was great in its own thing. But like, you know, the way you helped shape it for me made it even better. And so that's the mm-hmm. the thing that I've had to learn <clears throat> as a writer. And, and the thing that I've had to um, impart to other writers as their editor, like, you have to you have to trust me with your words and your work. Like I'm not gonna play you. I'm not gonna make you sound bad. And the thing that I feel like Daniel's not getting, like if he would have sold that track to Tiger, it would have been his track. Like it would have been produced mm-hmm. by Daniel. What's his name? Daniel King. You did it too, Spider. Like Tiger. Oh God. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Shit, I don't even listen to Tiger, and I don't know why. <laughs> I think because I did it last week, and I, <laughs> I was like, call him Tiger last week. And, and I don't even think it was Tiger. It was what, Ty Dollar Sign, right? <laughs> no, that no, he worked last with. week got, yeah, no, he worked, yeah, he allegedly worked with Ty Dollar But I know the last okay. week when Spider came up, I was like, it reminds me of Tiger. And so I just defaulted. Oh, so, Okay. This week, I'm just like, Tiger. Um, probably because I was listening to a lot of satellite radio on my road trip, and Tiger has a song that kept coming up. But Spider. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Daniel would have that under his belt. Like, I feel like Khalil wouldn't even be like, yo, put my name on that. Like, I feel like Khalil would be like, this is you. You brought it to me. You brought it to him. I just tweaked something minor. And you get producing, like you can put your name on it. And Daniel's like, right. he's literally blocking his blessing in this aspect and in the next scene <laughs> when Issa takes him out to lunch and they're in, it looks like Marina Del Rey. It was really nice. They were yeah, on the pier somewhere. Um, and she takes him out to, you know, saying, I, I was like, who's paying for this? Because now I'm looking at Daniel like, you don't have a job. And Issa's barely <laughs> making it. <laughs> but then she said she was paying for it. So she, you know, she took him out to, to say thank you and to tell him that she was moving out. But because he was already in a um, vulnerable shape, Maybe. like he was already feeling some type <laughs> of way about that about how that whole how he blew up that whole spider situation. And he probably still wasn't taking responsibility. He probably was like, oh Khalil played me. Um <clears throat> that he wasn't in a place to receive the news that she was moving out. And we didn't talk about that before, but when they were at the laundromat doing laundry and she was like, you know, I got this this offer to be a part-time manager in an apartment building and you know I want to get out of your place you've been really cool to me and I don't want to overstay my welcome and I don't want to be a bum and he's like you're not bumming it like he was really being um encouraging to her but it was yeah. also in a selfish way because he doesn't want her to leave instead of saying like I don't want you to leave because I, I leave. like spending mm-hmm. time with you because I like having you around, because I want to see where this goes. He was just like, oh, you're not a bum. You can stay. Like, yeah. I just want them to yeah, talk <laughs> honestly, like, about what it actually, it, like, and I think she was trying to get there at the end. She was kind of like, you know, I'm going to move out, but 
I want to see where this goes between us. And he was just kind of like, right. Oh, I have to keep saving you. I have to keep, oh, his ego came into play. And I'm, yeah, it was a jackass. Oh, oh, career advice from you? Like, wait, what? No, this is life advice. Right. And I, and so I, right. (laughs) Take a sip. Cheers. Absolutely. Okay. I kept I kept watching because I'm you know I watch all the way through the credits to the to the wind down, and the way and it was so interesting because the way um, Elon I don't know if I'm saying his name right Elon described it versus the way Issa Ray not Issa Issa Ray describes it is even different and I think that maybe that's like a man woman thing I don't want to be stereotypical but like. Stereotypically, we have different methods of communication. I know in my own personal life, like men and their egos can be a huge thing, right? And I feel like as women, as as, as cishet women, and put that out there, who are in relationships with men, we often have to kind of negotiate their ego, right? And I feel like we're more, um, we have a tendency to be more aware of their situation. Um, Mm -hmm. We're more sensitive to their situation than they sometimes are to our situation. Um, Amen. And so I think in, in this particular instance, what I think Daniel wanted to hear back from Issa was like, I feel you, that sucks. Khalil should have had your back. Um, you're gonna be okay. Like he he needed in that moment to hear something more reassuring versus mm. the actual real. Why you do like that? she gave him <laughs> right. That, like she gave him the actual advice that could save his career. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Like she gave right. him some real advice that he actually needs to take and put into practice. So he can pull himself back from his whack shit that he just did. But <laughs> I don't think he was in a space in that particular moment to hear it, right? Or not so, from her. Maybe from her, but just not in that moment. Like not when he was still down um, mm-hmm. and everything was... I don't know how soon that was. Like, I don't know if it was right after he went to the studio. I imagine it was right after because I can't see him being all brooding or whatever. And then they go <laughs> two days later. Uh. Um, but maybe, right? Maybe. But um, I think in that particular moment, he just needed her to to reaffirm that he wasn't a bum, right? Like mm-hmm. the same way he told her like, Oh, you're not a bum. And that was more selfish. I don't know if it was more selfish, but it was selfish. Like he didn't want her to leave, but he's been constantly rooting for her this whole time. Like you're going to be okay. You're not terrible. You're not whack. You're not a bum. You're not, you know, you should get back to rapping like all the way back to season one. Like he's been constantly kind of like in her corner. Um, and so in that particular moment, I think he just needed her to be in his corner, even though what she was telling him was absolutely the right advice. 
Mm-hmm. And so what I've learned <laughs> in my life so far, like I, I mean, I'm mostly right. Um, but I <laughs> learned that you don't, you don't necessarily want to deploy the right advice <laughs> at that particular time. Like you just need to give that person mm-hmm. a break and let them wallow in their situation. And then you could deploy the advice. Like maybe the next day she, it ain't like Khalil, you know, it was going to be resolved over lunch. You know what right. I mean? Like, go ahead. I and maybe in a relationship. No, it's cool. I mean, maybe in a relationship, but, you know, Issa is banking on the fact that they are rebuilding their friendship or kinship and they're, you know, moving into this intimate space. She has said, you know, to her friends in the episode, like, no, you know, we're finally communicating. So I think she was just, you know, leaning in to that reality. Like, you know, we're, we're friends, we're talking, we're expressing. And so she's not necessarily thinking about, you know, oh, maybe I should say it like this. So he won't get his feelings hurt. Like, you know, <laughs> like I'm just talking to my boy. I'm, you know, and, and even when she said what she said, like, like you said, it's, you know, great advice. But I still didn't feel like she was trying to attack him. I mean, she did lead with, you know, kind of, why did you do that? Or why would you do that? But afterwards, you know, it felt like, you know, she was at least trying to, you know, give him advice and comfort at the same time. Um, But like you said, you know, sometimes they just don't want to hear it. It It doesn't matter how you finesse it. It doesn't matter. Even if you were to ask, like, you know, do you mind if I share something with you or would you mind if I gave, you know, they're probably going to lie anyway. Like, yeah, sure. And don't really want to hear <laughs> what you have to say unless it's in total agreement with, um, with them. But I think that was the place that she was coming from thinking, you know, we have moved past, you know, these games and, you know, we are keeping it real with each other. And I can, I can tell you this. She did not, though expect that in that moment you know that he would kind of kick her in her vulnerable spot like really like I'm like wide open thinking we're exploring this kind of new phase in our friendship situationship and then you totally try to obliterate me and I was so like when he said it I was just like wait what really And like I said, I went on a whole mental, emotional trip of my own. Like, I, oh, my Lord, things that I, you know, have not really thought about in some time. And I was just like, oh, hell no. Like, <laughs> my Wilkes. Oh, hell no. <laughs> like, I was so <laughs> All the girlfriends um, represented in this episode. Jesus. Yes. Yes. You can tell we've been watching TV, but yeah, I, I just, I could not believe that. And then of course, you know, as they do later on, you know, he just tries to, you know, smooth the whole thing with, you know, you know, I was just mad, you know, I was just, you know, still angry about what happened. I didn't really mean that, right? Uh, no, you you typical. It's so <laughs> typical. And I mean, like, like okay, so I'm evolved, and, and I try to be inclusive, and 
you know, <clears throat> feminist and all that kind of jazz. But like, <laughs> the funny thing is, you're like, oh my god, this is so triggered for me. And initially, I didn't feel like the the more that I drink, uh-huh, vodka, <laughs> and the more that we talk it through, like I've definitely been, <laughs> I've been here. Like I have had awesome advice for people that I absolutely knew in my bones was like the best thing for them, right? And I've been coming from like a good place for them. I've been coming from the exact same place Issa was coming for. Like, I want you to win. I want you to do well. I want the absolute best for you. I'm on your team. I'm on your side or whatever. For whatever reason, the other, the guy, I'm only going to say the other person, the man <laughs> heard me say it and then decided to to do what Daniel did. It was like, oh, jab mm-hmm. in the most vulnerable place ever. And I'm like, wait, we're not even on that. Like, we're good. Um, right. I had a friend who's, you know, whatever. Anyway, um, he was applying. It was years ago. He was applying to law school. And he, you know, I'm a, I'm a writer. And I can write all the things. Um, <laughs> and I was helping him with his law school essays. And I'm like, hey, you might want to prove here and here and here. Like he, cause he reached out to me for advice and this is somebody Always. that, you know, I was <laughs> right, like somebody I'm like friends with, but kind of like more than friends with, but he reached out to me for advice because he, he knows my skill set, Right. And so then he just snaps like, Oh, well, I don't think I'm going to do, basically he snapped on me and I, I did exactly what he used to do. Like I was like, all right. And I shut down. And he was like, mm-hmm. so what's, what's going on? I was like, what do you mean what's going on? You shut me down. Right. I'm trying to help you get into law school, which, by the way, he absolutely got into. Shout out to me and my essay <laughs> advice. Um, hey. But, like, don't don't be my friend and try to, you know, tell me all of your things and and be vulnerable to me if you don't want the same in return and I feel like that's what happened mm-hmm. with Issa and Daniel like they got to this place that was really it could have been really like um transformative for them and their relationship if he would have just put his ego down for a second and heard what she was saying. You know what I mean? Like that's it. Yep. She she wants yep. the best for you. She knows that you have been there for her. She appreciates you. She wants you to go to the level that you want to be at, but like you have to hear her out. And I feel like in that moment he was like, forget you. Why should I take advice mm-hmm. from you? Because your life is a mess. Um and even if your life is a mess, you might have good advice. <laughs> You right, might have good right. advice because you see what the hell the problem is. And like, uh, it was so, I think for, probably for a lot of people, it was tricky. I won't even say for a lot of women, cause you know, men or whoever, if you're in a same sex relationship, like people in relationships. Or even with your friends. Them. Yeah. Even with your yeah, friends. If you try to give your friends advice, they are definitely in the position to kind of pull a trigger on you because uh-huh. they know they know your life. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. And I'm like, why am I listening to you? You 
blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, okay. Let me not tell you. Yeah. Um, so, but, yeah, I, I, I definitely recoiled at that. And I felt another reason why this show is so good. Because it felt very, it felt very, very real. It felt very real. Yeah. And, and we different. often say every, I've heard this over and over. So I'm sure people are familiar with the adage that hurt people hurt people. And I felt like, you know, Daniel's feelings are hurt or he's disappointed behind, you know, kind of how things are going for him. And so he not having the control in the situation to kind of make things the way he wants them to be, because yeah, he probably has gone too far. Maybe Khalil give him another chance. Likely not. Right. So I can't control this situation, but in this current place where I am sitting across the table from you, you know, the only control that I have is to kind of wield this weapon on you. And you're the person that's been looking out for me. You're the person that suggested that I even work with Khalil in the first place. You're the person that said, hey, I'll go out with you to Faye Dodo to meet Spider. Like, she is the sole reason that he even had the opportunity that he went ahead and, you know, messed up. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to, you know, say this to you. And I felt like in that moment when he said, you know, I'm always saving you from, uh, I always save you from some shit. And I feel like he took pride in that. Like, not maybe not every time he did it thinking like, oh, I'm going to, you know, kind of keep this in my back pocket. But generally, you know, having kind of been there for her over whatever span of time we've been watching them. I think that he was proud of that. Like I, I've kind of been on the up and up. And so it is uncomfortable for me to now, you know, need a hand and particularly from the person that I have given the hand to. And that is so whack. <laughs> it's just the wackest thing in terms of building a partnership or relationship that people don't see as a partnership. Like, it's not easy at all, especially if you're the type of personality that, you know, wants to take care of yourself or you're kind of raised to be independent or your life has forced you to be independent. It is not easy to allow somebody to look out for you. I remember when I first started dating my boyfriend and I, one of the first things that I remember was you know, kind of him questioning how I did things. So it, it was more so about like how I took care of myself. So, you know, do you have business hours or do you kind of just work around the clock? And I was immediately offended. Like, I'm not asking you for anything. Why are you asking me how I do my business? And it, I didn't say that out loud, but that was, you know, kind of how I felt initially. Like, why is he so concerned? And it took me literally saying it out loud why is he so concerned about? And then I was like, oh, that's concern. And it's crazy because in my prior situation, there was no concern. So it was hard for me to recognize it. I looked at it like, you, you're being nosy. And I'm like, oh, wait, somebody actually cares. So you might want to slow down, fall back, and kind of you know, examine the situation. This is what it's like 
to have somebody care about you like you care about them. I was used to being the person like, hey, are you taking care of yourself? Are you getting enough sleep? Maybe you should turn that opportunity down so you can take more time for yourself. Did you think about doing this? Have you done that? But not ever receiving that uh, until it was something like tragic, like, you know, experiencing a family loss. Then you have somebody that's like, oh, oh, are you okay? But just on a day to day, didn't experience that. So it was a totally different experience and situation. So I can see how it's uncomfortable. But that's why I, you know, I'm definitely, even though I am team Daniel Issa, I'm also definitely uh, a fan of them taking time, like go to your opposite corners so that you can determine what you want and need for yourselves. Because together, it's like Molly said, it's just like a powder keg. When one person has their arm out extended, the other person slaps it away. It is almost all the time. Issa's feeling like, yes, let's do this. He's like grumble, grumble. Or he's extending himself the way that he knows how. Because yeah, even in the laundromat, it might have been a selfish thing. But he did express that he did not. You know, he didn't want her to go or she could stay. And she's like, not in a you know, mean way, but it's like, yeah, I got to go. <laughs> yeah, I got to get myself together and get out of your face. So they are not congruent. You know, at the same time, they're always kind of leaning in the opposite direction. And so, you know, we kind of saw that come to a head. No pun intended. Uh, in, the, in the last scene. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> it just didn't go well. Uh, it did not. And I'm just, I mean, I was going to say something, but you were on a roll. But yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. Um, I just, this is not my therapy. So we're, I'm not going to. Sorry. Um, this one was mine. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's all good. Like, it's, it's, supremely relatable to many people um <laughs> particularly those who um those who have been the ones to be more supportive to like hold somebody down and be like you can do it you can do it you can do it and then to have yeah. them like like i don't even to strike out at you in the midst of yeah. your in your cheerleading it's it's painful but the one thing that i did like um was that Issa. so daniel tries to do the typical like oh my bad i was just hurt <laughs> you know i was just upset about that whole spider thing and shout out to me not calling him tiger um i was just hurt about that whole tiger thing my bad like he tries to do that typical like mm, i didn't mean it my bad thing and Issa at first she's like okay but then she realizes to bring it back to that first scene when he's like do you like that she's like she realizes like she's not cool with it and so it's uh-huh. different I did like she that she just didn't go along to get along because a lot of right. us have been in that space where you're like your feelings are hurt you're still upset you're still you're still hurt. You're still feeling some type of way, but you're you're like, oh well, 
you kind of make an excuse for him like well he had a stressful day well he's so like you put yourself to the back burner and you put their feelings ahead of your feelings and I like that in this final moment of the episode she does not do that she kind of takes back her the control of herself and it's like hey like I'm not I'm not into this let's not do this um now whether she will know better and do better (laughs) in upcoming episodes who knows but I did appreciate the fact that she did not just not even suffer through it because I'm pretty sure it would be a pleasurable experience with Daniel (laughs) but that she was just kind of like hey I'm not I'm not feeling this that that was not cool what you said to me I understand in my mind that you were hurt and so hurt people hurt people, but like, I'm still not good with it. So let's not, let's not just cover it up and do this other thing. I like that she pulled back and then we got Lumpus stronger than pride. And I was like, Oh, y'all really trying to break me down. Y'all really. Yeah. No, that, that did it for me. I was, I was over the cliff. I was like, okay. Yeah. I was over the cliff. I was like, oh, oh, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Insecure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was yeah, over, over the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Particularly because I, I was stuck in the realization that in the moment that she made a different decision, I I did the go long. You know, and I was just like, oh my God, that's what it would have looked like. You know, it would have been awkward probably or weird or whatever. But when it mattered, you know, and I was hurt. Now, since then, of course, you know, I've said what I had to say. But in that particular moment, when you're kind of faced with this BS apology or not really an apology, just kind of like let's shuffle on into the next, you know, thing. It's like, yeah, I didn't really stand up for myself, even though I absolutely, you know, was hurt or I absolutely was wounded. And then, yeah, then the song starts playing. And I'm just like, damn you, Daniel. <sighs> yeah, you I get resisted from get going into, right. I, I totally <laughs> resisted from going into Shade's greatest hits and crying my eyes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I did play I mean, I'm not even. I did not go forward. I didn't go forward I'm not after even, that. I was like, I'm like, just, I'm not. Yeah, like I'm not even sad, but like when yeah. you put in Shada, it can trigger a lot of yeah. And so coming yeah. off the back of that ending, I was like, oh my God, let me not. Let me not do mm-hmm. it. Let me go watch Law and Order and watch the murder murder. <laughs> <Kill>. <laughs> yes. Let me get up let me get out of my feelings right quick. But yeah, it was another awesome episode and we are Coming up on halfway through the season. It's ridiculous. I'm so sad that it's only eight episodes. Yeah. So, I mean, where where do we go from here? You know, hopefully there's some resolve with them, which we're trying to determine if Molly's going to hang tough on her new job. Will Issa look for a new job? Clearly, she's going to take that apartment. And, I mean, here's to hoping... You know, those that are in the Lawrence Hive, hoping that we, you know, see <laughs> Oh, Lawrence. I don't know what what else are we looking forward to or could we potentially see. 
I don't even know. I don't even know. What am I? <laughs> I'm just looking for. <laughs> I mean, I feel like at this point. I mean, gosh, I'm a, I'm still a sucker for a happy ending. So, but what does that look like at this point, right? So I want Issa right. to just be on the right track, <laughs> and I don't mean mm-hmm. strip clubs for the LA natives. Um. <laughs> I just want her to like be on the move, like have one part of her life working out. I don't. I feel like at the end of the season, she's not gonna have everything solved and together. But I just want her to be on the road to that place Mm -hmm. and not still be such a mess. Whether it's the work part or you know her relationship part or. Or whatever, like I just want her to be in a better place <laughs> than we left her. And I think already she's starting to be there, right? I think this move, though it's not what she wants ultimately, it's not like she wants to be an apartment manager for her life. That's not like her career goal. Um, I feel like that will give her some momentum to go in the right direction. So I'm looking forward to that. Now, ideally, I mean, you know, Daniel's Daniel's fine. So ideally, I would like, <laughs> I would love to see them in a good place. But I don't, I don't know if that means that they'll be just friends or they'll be together or whatever. I'm starting to lean toward them just being like good friends. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't. After he. After he did that, I I, I don't know. I, generally, I want them to work it out, but I'm not a fan of anybody, you know, being somewhere where they are being abused, even if that's, you know, ver- verbally. Um, and if that's in him on a regular basis. So I've experienced that on a regular basis. So if that's, um, oh, shoot, I got mad and it slipped and I'm sorry and uh, that won't happen again is one thing. But if your regular go-to whenever you're sad or mad is to take that out on me or to start fights with me or try to belittle me, then um, head for the heels, okay? Like, run swiftly. <laughs> right, right. Come out fast, go. Do Actually, do pass go and keep going. Like that's <laughs> <Keep> <laughs> pass go and keep running. Um, yeah, I don't. I guess we will see in the next few weeks what uh, yeah. Issa Ray and her team will cook up for us. But we're definitely here for it. So we hope that. You'll join us next week after episode four. Um, hopefully, Daniel will not be exhibiting fuckboy tendencies during episode four, and we get like a good <laughs> Daniel <laughs> Daniel episode. Um, we have to figure out what's going. If Molly's new job is gonna work out, if Issa's gonna get down with the beat crew, uh, yeah. who Tiffany's baby daddy is. We got a lot to. We got a lot to ah. sort through over the next five episodes yeah um 
So be sure to subscribe to Drunk Watching. We somehow managed to always turn a 30-minute insecure episode into like an hour and a half. I feel like today yeah. is closer to two hour podcast. But there's so much to talk well, we about. We were talking before. Yeah, we were talking before we started recording. We were talking we, before, so I'm not exactly sure. But um, <laughs> yeah. we still managed to turn it into a long podcast. We hope that you enjoy these episodes. Please subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Send us a review. If you have any feedback, maybe you have something that you would specifically like to ask us or ask us to talk about, or you want to send us a bottle and a check, hit us up at hellodrunkwatching at gmail.com. Once again, it's hellodrunkwatching at gmail.com, or meet us over on the Twitter and Instagram at drunkwatching. Thank you for listening. This is Brittany Danielle and Andrea Renee. And we will chat you next week, guys. Bye.